Welcome back to the week five waiver wire preview pod here at 444 Football. As always, I'm your host, John Tagle, for this special Monday night halftime edition of the week five waiver wire preview that is always available on the home page. The sleeper pickup of the week that I would like to get right into, given the news that happened in the second quarter only of Monday Night Football, is answering everyone's question. Because, as always, our friends at Sleeper, you can click and select and pick up players, knowing that Sleeper is one of the fastest-growing customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry, and you are asking yourself, Latavius Murray, after he was poached off New Orleans practice squad, or Mike Boone? And I am here to say that the answer is Latavius Murray. We know Melvin Gordon, although he was expected to handle a majority of this team's touches as a two-man backfield, with Javante Williams now sidelined with a torn ACL the rest of the year ahead of Mike Boone, we knew there was a chance he could lose that role, given that he has five fumbles in his last five games, including the preseason. We expected Mike Boone to be in on passing downs, but Melvin Gordon still to handle the lion's share of backfield work. And what we have now with Latavius Murray is a player, unlike Melvin Gordon, who has not fumbled in his last 652 touches going back to 2018. We also know Broncos beat reporters, Cecil Lammy, insider in particular, has mentioned that the Broncos don't trust Mike Boone in pass protection. And outside of last year with Baltimore, and I blame this on trying to protect for a rushing quarterback, we know that Latavius Murray has been an average to above average pass protector in the backfield. So I think there's a real chance Murray wins every single role eventually, but worst case scenario, splits backfield touches with Melvin Gordon over Mike Boone. So we are picking up Latavius Murray over Mike Boone. Also, not just a sleepers pickup of the week, but the sleeper pickup of the week for those of you in deeper leagues with 10-man benches, to me is Philip Lindsay this week. Because we already know Frank Reich has mentioned for the Colts that if John Taylor isn't able to turn around with an at-ankle injury on Thursday night, that it would instead be Naheem Hines and, to a lesser extent, Philip Lindsay that Wright quote-unquote said would factor into the team's game plan if Taylor is eventually ruled out, which is what we were expecting. So we expect Naheem Hines to lead this backfield in touches, but can Philip Lindsay get 10 to 12 carries as the bigger back over Hines on early downs? I think so. And I think it stands out that Reich mentioned Lindsay, not Deion Jackson. Jackson only has two touches this year, but has still been active in every single game. So Philip Lindsay is the sleeper pickup of the week, of course, because Naheem Hines is not available on a majority of waiver wires. And remember, head to sleeper.com or download the latest app today. In shallower leagues, some of you have a question between George Pickens or Michael Gallup. And I was shocked to see that Michael Gallup was actually a full-time player in his return, running a route on 85% of Cooper Russ's dropbacks behind CeeDee Lamb, who was in for a route on every single snap, and Noah Brown, who got injured, neck injury in the game, but was the third receiver with a route on 75% of dropbacks. Knowing that that was Gallup's first game back from injury, we only expect 
the role to grow, for there to be meat on the bone, especially after he showed he's still running at full seed, speed with a scrambling drill, essentially scoring that touchdown in the back of the end zone and accruing two downfield 20 plus yard DPIs as he does as a deep boundary threat. Gallup at full health is something I'm interested in, but long-term for your shallower leagues, I'm still eyeing George Pickens over Gallup. We saw Kenny Pickett come off the bench in the second half and Pickens averaged a 30% target share, tied Pat Fryermuth in the second half of the Steelers-Jets game with a team high in targets. He actually had a 35% target share, Pickens did, if you include the penalty that he recorded on a play that didn't count. We don't count that, of course, because penalties are cheating, thus penalties don't matter, doesn't mean we should ever factor them in. But to see George Pickens now accrue that much and have a quarterback who is willing to throw downfield for him, knowing that he's running just slightly fewer routes than Chase Claypool every single week, this is what we need to see from Pickens long-term. Against the Bills, it's a disaster. I worry very much for Pickens. Pickett and his first start against the Bills this upcoming week. But beyond week five is when I become really interested in George Pickens, in particular over Michael Gallup, if you are fortunate enough to have that question. Another shallow league receiver and deep pending injury is Isaiah McKenzie because Jake Kumaro hasn't practiced. He's still battling an ankle injury. Jameson Crowder broke his ankle. He's out for the year now. And Isaiah McKenzie has a concussion he's dealing with. And given the ongoing saga of Tua and what he's going through with concussions, I'm going to guess that the NFL and teams are very careful in how they treat concussions, and rightfully so, moving forward. Thus, I'm expecting we get a couple of games at a Khalil Shakur by default for deeper leagues. Shakur, of course, can fit not only right into the slot where he played in college, but also we've seen Gabriel Davis's target share dwindle in every game, including the past two weeks when he's come back from injury and had a 9%, and then this past game, a season-low 8.3% target share. So there really is an opportunity for Shakur to emerge as the team's number two receiver for as long as McKenzie is sideline, however long that may be. So rest of season, McKenzie, absolutely. But in the short term, I'm definitely picking up Khalil Shakur as a wide receiver three or four. We also know that Corderell Patterson is now on IR for the next four games, undergoing quote-unquote minor knee surgery. And what we've seen is that Tyler Algier, who's been active since week two as the team's backup running back, has totaled 22 routes the past three games to Caleb Huntley's two. Huntley scored the touchdown, looked explosive as the team's between-the-tackles bruiser this past game, but knowing that Algier was used in routes in the receiving game, even while Cordero Patterson's healthy, that tells us he's very clearly the running back to roster over Huntley because they are using him in a multitude of ways, whereas Huntley can only get there for fantasy points in one way, what we've seen so far. And Algier was good himself, out carrying, outperforming Huntley this past game, not for that touchdown, but with 30 more rushing yards on as many carries. So Algier over Huntley, and for this upcoming week, I do worry that both of them, if you're looking strictly for short-term options, I worry that both of them 
should be viewed behind Latavius Murray anyhow, because now the Falcons get the Bucks, and over their next four games, that Cordero Patterson, the 49ers, Bengals, and the Panthers after the Bucks. So short term against the Bucks, that's what I worry most about Algier and uh, Caleb Huntley in particular. But long term, I understand we're all dealing with injuries. We all have to plug our RB2 spot, do what's necessary. And finally, some quick deep cuts before we get out of here. We saw Alberto come full circle, play one snap, and didn't run a single route. So with Greg Dulcich now potentially coming back immediately, we know that we can drop Alberto wherever we roster him and stash Greg Dulcich. However, let's just say Dulcich is not available in your league and you still need to plug a tight end spot for the next one or two weeks. Eric Saubert did run a route on 83% of dropbacks this past game, and I expect that to continue for however long Dulcich is out, so there's no guarantee Dulcich will be available this game. Tristan Ebner for the Bears is still available as a stash. Yes, Khalil Herbert got 20 touches. Ebner handled six carries behind him, and we don't expect Ebner to actually factor in with standalone value. But the coaching staff has remained ominous with Dave Montgomery's injury. Dave Montgomery, who didn't practice ahead of week four. So we're, we think we're still looking at a multi-week absence. So definitely stashing Ebner in deeper leagues just in case Herbert gets injured and they have nowhere else to turn. Traylon Burks carted off with turf toe, out for multiple weeks, likely put on IR. Don't forget, though, Kyle Phillips was probably dropped in a few deep leagues, is definitely available in shallow leagues, has only run 10 routes and two appearances over the last three games because he's been injured with that shoulder injury. But if he can come back healthy, never forget the season opener when he accrued a team-high target share and led the entire league in targets per route run, 40% rate among every player who ran at least 20 routes in week one. Do not forget about Kyle Phillips as he moved forward in both shallow and deep leagues. Mo Alley-Cox, because I am ready to get hurt again, not only scored the two touchdowns, I am more infatuated with what has happened behind the scenes for him since he has now increased his route participation in every game leading up to week four season high, 62% route rate, and recording a 16% target share this past game beyond those two touchdowns on 70% of the team's snaps. If we can get to 70% and 70% route participation and snaps, that's when Mo Alley Cox becomes the low-end tight end one we thought we were getting at the beginning of the season. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on you again if you're Mo Alley Cox because I'm not going away. Will Disley has scored a touchdown in three or four games this year. But I think it is worth checking in in deeper leagues because this past game was the first time any Seahawks tied in, and we know they used three weekly, ran a route on at least 60% of dropbacks. And that's what Will Disley did. And he's currently second on the team in red zone targets with three behind DK Metcalf six. So if this usage holds, we are absolutely interested in having Will Disley weekly from Geno Smith as a low end tight end one. Tom Kennedy, because that's where we are now, given all the injuries, operated as Detroit's number two receiver with both Amon Rice St. Brown and DJ Shark sideline this past game. We know the high-octane offense the Lions are running, 
and producing at least 26 points in every game so far this year. So if we're getting for deeper leagues an injury pivot because the Lions are again left stuck without St. Brown and Chark in week five, Tom Kennedy is there if you need a wide receiver three or flex option because that's how desperate you are in those spots. And then finally, friendly reminder, T. Higgins suffered his second concussion of the season this past game on Thursday night against the Dolphins. And we've already seen this once this year. T. Higgins left early in week one with a concussion. Mike Thomas, the team's fourth receiver, came in and ran around on 73% of dropbacks. So for deeper leagues, if you're trying to get exposure towards this Bengals offense in week five, it would be Mike Thomas if T. Higgins is sidelined. Reminder, the waiver wire column will be updated with all this and much more, including all player notes and fab suggestions ahead of week five. And you can join me in the 444 Discord at 6 p.m. Eastern, not only this upcoming Tuesday, but every Tuesday for any and all questions regarding pickups. Until then, be a little bit kinder than what's required. We'll see you next time.